my goodness, Dustin Kava. It is a Wednesday. It is 4.20 p.m. You know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of the Because Cannabis podcast here on Wayward Media's YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us. I am BC Wayman. That is Dustin Kava over in the other box. Today, T-O-D-A-Y is a very special day because we are live today. We are going live stream. That means we get your questions. You get your answers. We're talking Ohio issue to the hottest uh fire topic as that's terrible why did i rhyme and sing that i don't know Dustin. <laughs> what's up you gotta stop me from going i'm all over the place how are you today dustin kava i am amazing man i am doing really well i'm fired up about today's episode fired up about our guest uh fired up after our our weekly break man first time in a hundred weeks did we have a little bit of a a little bit of a break Nice. Yeah, I'm a little distressed right now, Dustin. I spent the past Thanksgiving holiday. I hope everyone watching right now, as soon as you hit subscribe, at least, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving week. Uh, I was on Thanksgiving vacation, Thanksgiving assignment, whatever you want to call it, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> unable to do the show, stuffing my face full of turkey. Yet I spent a week and a half in a sunny, sunny, medical-only state of Florida. I mailed that weed to me again this year, but I mastered it out, by the way. It's illegal, folks. Don't mail your weed to yourself, but I did, uh, and it was awesome. <laughs> had it all figured out, had the plan going, smooth sailing. I can't tell you my plans. This is the internet. I'm not putting my secrets out there, uh, but don't carry it on the plane as you're going. So I found a way to get it to me, but Dustin, you look way more tan than I do, and I just spent 10 <laughs> days laying in the sun. Well, you know what else? You look more like the rule breaker between the two of us. It's the mustache. It's the mustache. It's the yeah. mustache, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Had to lean I know. Into the... Go ahead. Oh, you didn't miss anything, man. It was, it was cold. It was cold this week. Cold it was cold this week, but it is heating up in the state of Ohio because we now we now have adult use cannabis, sort of. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. That's what we're going to talk about today when we talk issue two Q&A. Your questions, your answers. We have Tim Johnson from Cannabis Safety First coming up here in just a little bit. So we're looking forward to talking with him about that. We should say, if you are looking to get involved into the cannabis industry, if you've thought about, hey, I could do this, I could create a cannabis company, we've had the opportunity to create a series with cannabis entrepreneur OG, Andrew D'Angelo, called uh, Budding Minds, Breaking the Cannabis Code with uh, Andrew D'Angelo. I should say first episode right now, uh, breaking the consulting code or cracking the consulting code, something like that, yeah. out right now. I'll get it eventually <laughs> uh, on YouTube. It is a wonderful insight into how to choose the right consultant for your cannabis business or any business. Episode two, all about entrepreneurship and what you should do coming out soon. It's going to be 90 minutes. Episode three, all of them out before the end of 2023. It's going to be 90 minutes of amazing content about entrepreneurship in the cannabis space. Uh, so please check it out. Uh, Budding Minds with Andrew D'Angelo. You can find the episodes uh, in our YouTube page right now. We would appreciate it if you check it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually really do appreciate it. There was a lot of good, good work done with him so far, and I am so excited about episode two. I really think he's, I he's just a wealth of information. Just like our guest today, he's just D'Angelo is just something else. To, Got to Tim looking at something else. Tim, you know how we roll here on the show. We bring you in. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we do. Let's welcome Tim Johnson of Cannabis Safety First. One of my favorite things to do on the Because Cannabis podcast, Tim, bring our guests in when they're not paying attention. But you're a busy man right now, Tim. We are about a couple weeks in 
to Ohio voters, uh, well over 55% approving issue two in the state of Ohio. And we are about a week away, maybe one week away today from today, from when this law is supposed to be signed into law as it is. Uh, and we are hot and there's a lot of information and people are have lots of questions. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today uh, to break it down. But first, give us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who is Tim Johnson, Cannabis Safety First. Uh, roll the bio for the folks who may not know you, Tim. Okay. Uh, first, hey, it's 420, so if you got them, light them. Light them. It's legal. Yeah. Light them. <laughs> uh, I lit it. Thanks, BC. And uh, thanks, Dustin, for having me on again. I appreciate really what you guys do, reaching out to the Ohio cannabis community and beyond and uh, keeping people ethically informed on what's going on. Um, again, yes, everybody knows I'm, you know, I'm Tim Johns, founder of Cannabis Safety First. I, uh, uh, my background goes back into uh, the last eight years working to legalize marijuana cannabis in Ohio. Uh, I worked with a group, the Ohio Cannabis Nurse Association years ago. We introduced the white paper that led to House Bill 523. A couple of years after that, I worked with another individual and we did uh, for Senate Bill 57, I believe it was, uh, the hemp program. Um, I focused and stayed at the house or at the state house uh, for the last eight years, uh, focusing on criminal justice reform, drug policy reform, law enforcement reform, and so on to uh, get some things done down there. And I've had some very good success. Um, thanks to everybody in Ohio uh, now for uh, the passage of issue two. For all of those of you that went out and voted, thanks to uh, the sponsors and the supporters for uh, getting this on the ballot to give us a chance to go vote for it. So um, we do have a uh, an adult choice legal cannabis program in Ohio now, recreational for old school, whatever we want to call it. Um, it's there. So um, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. Um, other than uh, years before that, uh, my work and so forth entailed um, you know, being an Air Force veteran and uh, working in law enforcement. So I've been from the streets uh, to the state house to, you know, creating the program and uh, so forth. So I have a pretty uh, well in-depth uh, uh, thoughts and knowledge of what's going on. I'd like to share that with everybody to hopefully get some good positive information out to you today. I think that should be the name of your first album, From the Streets to the State House. Tim Johnson, <laughs> rapping <laughs> lyrically, Streets to the State House. Uh, thank go. you, Tim, uh, for joining us. We're going to get to <laughs> what is coming soon, right? We're going to get to what Ohio issue two could be. We'll talk about some of the legislative measures that are happening soon. Uh, but let's right now, because I think a lot, of, a lot of people want to know between now and December 7th, between now and the date when it's kind of signed in, between all the harumphing, what is technically legal right now? Like, can we start growing right now or do we all have to wait until December 7th? Has anything changed or is there anything that is kind of actually legal for folks today? Um, right now, it's business as usual. We're still, you know, under the medical program. The adult program has not actually kicked in yet. So none of that applies as of this date. Um, be cautious in what you're doing uh, at this point in time. Um, but there shouldn't really be a lot of problems. Law enforcement is starting to really back off on it. They're understanding what's coming. Uh, to try to uh, kick in some cases right now or close out some investigatory cases they may have going and so forth may be fruitless to them. Uh, we may see some cases in court now um, that maybe the arrest happened, you know, prior to the passage of issue two, but it's definitely going to place some impact on it if you got a good attorney that knows what they're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, be safe. Right now is not to, the uh, time to poke the bear. We're not only going to poke the bear on the seventh, but we're going to wake that son of a bitch up and get him out of bed. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, so 
what is coming before the seventh? What exactly needs to happen before things take into effect and what could possibly change? Uh, well, right now at the state house, um, and I, I will have to give uh, Senator, uh, uh, the president uh, of the Senate, uh, Matt Huffman, uh, kudos. Um, the legislators, both uh, you know, senators and representatives, um, Democrats and Republicans, have both been working diligently since early fall. They uh, anticipated issue two to pass, even though um, they you know spread some fear mongering propaganda about it. They still anticipated it to pass, so they started working on the language right away. Uh, so, what the, as far as the revision language to it. Um, what the, what's going to happen to it and so forth. So they, they do have some special committees going on uh, behind the scenes. Um, uh, some bills are being introduced, as you've, uh, you've talked about, the House Bill 341. There's House Bill 326 uh, as well. Um, and uh, it, so you're going to see things right now. There, there's kind of a scurry at the State House on uh, next week in the sessions and in the committees that I'm aware of. Um, a lot of stuff's going to be introduced. A lot of stuff's going to be redacted. Uh, so it's going to go back and forth, and we'll see what will happen as far as a, a final outcome of what they'll introduce on the 7th, um, which will be good news. Uh, we will have a program, so there, you know, there's not a problem there. Most of the stuff will stay intact. Just Some of it will be tweaked uh, and so forth. Um, I don't believe that on the 7th that they'll have all the rules promulgated to go under the uh, OAC 3780 section. Um, they may not even have all of the... Uh, lost uh, the statutes created under the uh, ORC 3780 section. Uh, so, uh, but they have the right to, um, they have like a 90 day clause, I believe it is for any legislative uh, amendments or revisions to uh, bills that are coming in to, you know, to uh, extend that out. But the first thing that we want to do is uh, put a blanket policy for an affirmative defense for uh, cultivation, uh, you know, home grow, um, possession of the two and a half ounces and then consumption on private property, private places and so forth. We'll put a blanket policy out there for that to protect everybody under those limits. Now, if that bleeds over into the illicit market, so be it. That's what has to happen for a while until we actually create the, uh, the actual rules and so forth. Um, you know, we may, Ohio may be uh, totally legal for a while until the uh, legislators stop procrastinating and uh, get it done. Now, um, I'm not speaking on behalf of those that are running around with a whole truckload of, uh, you know, flour in the back and so forth, taking it to Jimmy down on the corner or whatever. But um, <laughs> other than that, yeah, if you're kind of compliant between now and then, uh, you're pretty good to go. All right. I want to talk. We'll talk a little bit about some of those changes. We'll, I want to get into uh, House Bill 341, maybe a little bit about 326. In fact, uh, Tim, in just a little bit, in 10 minutes or so, if you're still around, I'm going to go ahead and play some of Matt Huffman's comments. And I want to get your yeah. kind of reaction to those. But I'll tell you, we got a comment. Uh, from the uh, people watching, we appreciate you watching right now uh, on YouTube. Please give us a subscription. We would appreciate it. Every single week, brand new cannabis content uh, recorded in Ohio, but all sorts of guests from all over the world, including Jorge Cervantes from Spain, had a conversation with Dustin and I. Who knew? Uh, you can find that episode below. Uh, so we have a comment from Jessica Johnson here. Tim, do you know of any events taking place before December 7th? You know, there's a lot of conversations. We'll talk about some of these bills, but obviously that feels like a lot of politicians politicking behind closed doors. Is there any events coming up before 12-7 that Ohioans can attend to make sure that their voices are heard? Uh, actually, there are. Um, Jeff Korf with Galenus. Uh, put a, uh, a post out not long ago up in Northeast Ohio. He's going to be sitting on a panel up there discussing uh, issue two 
Um, and I'm not sure, I forget which day that's on. Um, on December 5th here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, the uh, global um, cannabis, a Zuber lawyer um, is putting on a program here. I'll be appearing on that uh, uh, event as well. We have two legislators that are key players in the creation of issue one is what's with it, as far as what's happening at the state house, uh, several other attorneys and some um, Bill Williams uh, from uh, uh, <clears throat> Ben leaves here in town. He'll be there. Um, trying to think of who else there's uh, several other people. Um, one from pharma came or yeah, the pharma or uh, pharma RX, I believe um, one of their security people will be on that, on the panel. Uh, the two legislators are uh, representative Jamie calendar and Juanita Brett. Um, they'll both be there um, sharing their thoughts and so forth. So this is a free event here in Columbus, um, uh, Global Cannabis Connect. Um, it's plastered all over my social media pages. You get on there, uh, something that you can come down. As I said, a free event uh, and uh, it runs about three hours, 530 to 830 here in Columbus. And so it's going to be very informative. It's going to be right up to the last minute until everything happens on the 6th and 7th. So those are the ones that I'm aware of right now. And I'm sure there's all kind of pop up little meetups and so forth of other individuals um, that are sharing some uh, information on, you know, what's going on and so forth. Besides events, is there anything that the average, you know, voter should do before the seventh besides just attend something? Yeah, they should. There's, there's a lot to do. And I've actually seen uh, quite a few people putting out a call to actions. Uh, and that's, that's very simple. Um, you just go on to the, uh, the right website, you know, the legislator.ohio.gov and you find out who your legislator is. And uh, it's, it's just follow the links and uh, you can send your legislators. If you want to send it to all 132, send it to all 132 of them. Um, legislators encouraging them to respect issue two, expect, uh, respect the voters' rights um, that, you know, for uh, the passage of, you know, keeping issue two kind of in intact. Uh, you can send them an email. You can phone call them. Um, you can try a smoke signal if you want. Uh, whatever it may be. Um, we get got that on lock, sir. If you yes. want me to send a smoke signal, I got one coming right now from in Northeast yeah. Ohio. I can send their way. You're listening to the Because Cannabis Podcast live stream here every single Wednesday, brand new episodes on YouTube at 4.20 p.m. We also are on Spotify and everywhere you listen to audio podcasts on Thursday. So brand new show on Wednesday. You can catch it on Spotify with video on Thursday or anywhere that you listen to audio podcasts. Every single week, we're talking cannabis content uh, with some amazing folks across the industry. Today, we're talking with Tim Johnson from Cannabis Safety First, uh, talking about issue two, talking about some of the changes that could take place. I want to show you something, Tim, on screen, and we'll talk about it uh, for a few minutes. So what's happening now is there are various legislators who are trying to enact you know, changes, and that's what happens. We approve a ballot initiative, and then they kind of craft the revised code, and it is called a revised code because it revises often. So they're putting in their different bills. One of the first ones introduced was uh, House Bill 326, which kind of talked a little bit about adding, you know, some allocation to police funds. But what I want to dig into now, and let me pull this up here on screen uh, for you, Tim, and then we'll talk about uh, this information here. One second, easy for me to say. All right, get this going there. <laughs> what happens when we go live, Dustin? All right, let me pull this on screen here. So uh, I want to talk specifically about House Bill uh, 341, which was recently uh, introduced uh, into there by Gary Click. I believe he's out of Sandusky County. You know, Tim just talked about know where your representatives are. Uh, Sandusky County. Gary Click, he doesn't really uh, want, he wants to make some changes here to this. So let me do this real quick, Tim. 
just to kind of help get everyone on an understanding. So what happened when you voted issue two into place is there was a bunch of bylaws written by the people who placed the ballot initiative. And one of those things was, which happens in every adult use state, was creating an excise tax, creating an excise tax that uh, that money goes towards different state funds. And that's kind of the pitch and the selling point for conservatives and harumphers who don't want to legalize cannabis, right? Dustin, they're like, well, if nothing else, I'll take my money. So this is what Ohio had, what you see on screen here right now. Uh, so Ohio has placed as of today, as of today on the ballot, we'll see what happens when this becomes ORC uh, numbers uh, at 10% tax on adult use cannabis. And so right now there are guesstimations and they're usually too high, if I'm being honest, guesstimations about 200 million in the first year. And I'll tell you why that's too high. Uh, look at what Michigan did last year. Michigan did 266 million, which was up a hundred million from the previous year. So Michigan's barely ever broken 200 million and they've had adult use for five years. So I find it hot take incoming, unlikely that Ohio broaches the 100 million mark for a couple of years. I and think the numerous unmentioned Ohioans that travel up to Michigan and uh, 24 hour vacay up there, you know, just uh, and just real quick, Tim, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, so you can see on the screen, the screen there, just how to place in comparison where the tax revenue, this is just revenue from sales, the tax revenue from tobacco in Michigan, in that same calendar year, 720, 20, 722 million. So you're talking almost triple the money comes from cigarettes than cannabis in Michigan. I'm going to assume Ohio is probably going to be close to those numbers, given our demographics are similar. Uh, so, Tim, do you think we get this much in sales to account for? Let's talk. We're going to talk where the money's going in a second. But just sales in general. Do you think we get 200 million? Do you think that's possible now knowing what Michigan was able to do and it was a banner record year for them? No, actually, I think it is. It's not going to happen within, I don't believe, the first three years. I think it's going to take a little longer for uh, you know the adults to come out and actually start participating. Um, that's the, Getting rid of that stigma is going to be hard. Um, you know, people, uh, you know, Okay, I'm allowed to do it, but what does my employment think about it? What does my church think about it? What does the Euchre Club people I hang out, the golf course, and so forth? Everybody's worried about what everybody else is thinking about it when it's it's, it's going to be legal. Um, and I like to reference it to alcohol, but it's going to be legal like alcohol. 21 and over, it's your choice as an adult to participate or not participate. So I think Ohio uh, being one of the top um, illicit markets in the, in the United States, one of the top three actually, and they have been for many years, and the amounts of money that they bring in here, it's very feasible if we uh, include them in and, and through inclusivity uh, in the businesses and so forth, that they'll start participating uh, within you know, the program. And we do see a chance of uh, bringing in several hundred million dollars in taxes to the state within you know, the next five years. Uh, I want to put this in a bit of perspective for people who are watching right now and you hear 10% of revenue. Is that a lot, you know, as far as that goes? So just a quick reference. This is from taxfoundation.org. Uh, we'll put the link in the comments below. Taxfoundation.org has a really cool article. This is as of April 1st, 2023, but not that long ago, as far as states that have taxes on their recreational or adult use cannabis. And so just to kind of put it in reference, let's go down to where Ohio is gonna be. We're not there yet, but we're gonna be very similar to what Michigan is. It's a 10% excise tax on the retail price. Take a look at say certain states where we are taxed more and some is on retail and some is on wholesale. 
where you're taxed, say, based off the amount or the state of Alaska, which, by the way, the state of Alaska, fun fact to impress your stoner friends at parties, the state of Alaska has the highest additional tax on cannabis, averaging $57 extra per $100 spent. So every 100 bucks costs you $157 in Alaska dank weed. Just want to get that out there. I don't know what you Alaskans are smoking. So there's a lot of different numbers. Washington, by the way, one of the single highest states at 37%. So we're lower. Like we are a fairly low conservative state. Even Illinois has a wholesale tax. And then you can see they tax it based off THC percentages and stuff in that state. So we're a fairly simplistic state comparatively, uh, stuck in there with a lot of the M states, but even Montana, 20%, even Massachusetts, 10.75%. So as a whole, Ohio is a decent, I would say, you know, kind of state as far as that goes when it comes to sharing that uh, particular product. So just a reference, I want to educate you real quick why that's there. So now let's take a look at what Ohio is proposing or what House Bill 341, how these changes take place. So in the voted issue two, Tim, this is what the 10% was allocated for. 35, uh, 36% going to cannabis, social equity, and jobs funds. And they talk about it there, what they're doing, you know, setting up people who are trying to get into uh, the cannabis industry who may have had an indiscretion. Remember that, Matt Huffman. I got a quote from you here in just a few minutes. Uh, we have people who are uh, struggling with uh, maybe some past indiscretions trying to get into the industry. So 36% of this 10% goes for that. 36% for a host community cannabis fund. Very vaguely worded, uh, but talking about within the community. 25% uh, going to a substance abuse addiction fund. And then a final 3%. So 97% separated across, say, four categories. That's what you voted for. And Matt Huffman doesn't believe that you know what you voted for, but that's what you've, I'm not supposed, I said don't throw shade on Matt Huffman, and here I am. Matt Huffman <laughs> doesn't believe that you know what you voted for. Uh, Dustin, check the comments, see if they're trashing Matt Huffman. Don't do that. I'm sure he's a nice guy. No, so not. that's the plan. Who cares? <laughs> so that's the plan. So here, though, now let's take a look at what happens, Tim, when the House Bill 341 uh, takes that 97% that was allocated and it slices it into five sections now. Same 97%, they still leave, if you can see on the bottom, 3% for the division of cannabis control. That's operational fees. That's going to happen. But 19%, 19.4% for those same two social equity and communities. And here's the changes. So they separate the substance abuse into research and education and addiction and recovery. And then they add the law enforcement training fund. So that's what we're talking about, Tim. That's what you're dealing with. You had in... First, two questions. How does that make you feel, right? And I'll stop this slide here. How does that make you feel kind of looking at that? And so we had the bill. It was written. And that's kind of where the funds went. And you knew some of this would happen. But those type of changes, is that in line with what you expected? Is it seem a bit much? And that's just one area, right? The actual taxation of the product. Uh, yeah, the 10% the was kind of a gracious amount. Um, I'm not a tax person you know, a whole lot in this, uh, you know, industry. Um, and there's for several reasons, but we did, you know, the 10% that they talked about in issue two, we really didn't expect that to, uh, you know, stand tall too much. Legislators are going to revise that section pretty heavily. Um, I don't know if all of that with 341 will stand. Uh, 326, I believe it was, was basically that. But 326 has been pulled now and put into, uh, so I believe it's Senate Bill 20, no, it's not 26, Senate Bill 
42 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, but they're going to, that'll be sliding into like a back door as well. Uh, but the, the breaking down the taxes like that, uh, especially the law enforcement, to me, uh, that's ludicrous to do that. I don't think law enforcement should uh, get a single dime of that. Uh, it's, it's, you know, law enforcement uh, in the state of Ohio, they need to uh, come, you know, they get tax dollars uh, from federal grants. They get tax dollars from local levies. They get it from the state. Um, they, you know, generate money through, you know, arrests of criminal activity and so forth. Uh, the biggest problem that I have with this is um, when they start taking them tax dollars and breaking them down to where they're going to, they're going to, going to um, you know, entities or careers or, or problem, you know, addiction centers and so forth that cannabis had nothing to do with. This, right. These problems came from alcohol, tobacco, and big pharma. Where are their tax dollars coming? Why aren't their tax dollars paying to subsidize law enforcement for this, you know, training that's needed? Uh, why did, uh, you know, Mike DeWine last year take uh, $250 million of the COVID money that was supposed to go to the community and give it to law enforcement for training? Why do we have Senate Bill 35 at the State House right now that talks about more tax dollars for law enforcement training? Why does the attorney general, he just got over $800 million on Sue and Big Pharma over a three-year period. Why isn't some of those taxes going to train law enforcement? So right. why is cannabis all of the sudden responsible for out of taxes to pay for all these problems that all these other entities have caused? We're not the miracle fixer of all this stuff. Let's keep some of these tax dollars within our community, pay for educational things, help pay for local communities that need help. Um, you know, help people. If we need to help people somehow, you know, take care of their past criminal records, whether it means they get into the industry or not, let's just help them get out so they can get a fresh start in life somewhere else. If it's another career field, um, you know, let's focus on things like that, that, that those cannabis tax dollars should be generated towards. I mean, yeah, it, it seems really crazy, especially when you consider how much seizures have happened in the last 10 or 15 years from them over cannabis. Uh, it just, I guess in my mind, they got to get their money somehow. So giving them 15% is a lot better than them seizing 10 grand from someone who has cannabis in their car. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, it, I, listening to even um, listening to Matt Hoffman and his recent podcast, which I, I hope we can actually play a little bit from. Oh, should we? Should we do yeah. this now? Uh, real quick, I just want to acknowledge, we got some folks in the comments. We appreciate you guys giving some feedback. Uh, so I don't know if you saw this when you were talking. Uh, Richard Chu is in there. You know, I think he's more kind of venting than asking a specific question and advice. But I think it's his sentiment sometimes is how patients and maybe adult use folks feel, right? How can I do everything right, including having my med card, you know, but still in my town, say they're a drug-free town. Let's talk about this before we get to Matt Huffman, because I think that's an important distinction that not everyone knows, Tim, is that there is federal, we are currently, cannabis is federally illegal. Like we know this, right? We're currently federally illegal. Uh, obviously, we became the 24th state here in Ohio to legalize adult use or recreational cannabis, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, we still have the local or municipality level that has the right to make some distinctions. Now, we should say this exists right now in the medical program. States have the right to not have you in dispensaries or have dispensaries in their town and whatnot. Uh, it's not an Ohio thing. It's a very, it's all across the board, right? It's the right of municipalities to do that. But to Richard's point, Tim, how, how frustrating is that? Or what can they do if their town is going to make them a dry town or i don't know is that what they call they call alcohol dry what do they call like a weed free town is it like a smoke free zone like what do they call a dry town is it yeah. cannabis is it still dry because cannabis is dry cannabis is bad 
What is a dry town uh, with cannabis? I need to know. Tell me in the comments. Uh, what is a dry town in cannabis? Uh, what can folks do about their local municipalities or what should they understand, to, uh, Tim, about their local uh, rules and regulations? Uh, well, to clarify that, um, what, what they're talking about is moratoriums. Uh, a moratorium basically says that we don't allow any of the cannabis industry facilities, you know, cultivating, processing, or testing, um, dispensing to be put up in our community. Uh, that does not stop a consumer from participating in the program. You still have the state legal rights under state law to participate as an adult or a medical patient, patient as long as you're in compliance with those programs. This, those uh, municipalities that have opted or to you know, opt out of this um, will suffer the, the loss of any tax dollars generated from this. They won't be eligible for them. That's the kickback. But uh, to them, it's like, you know, we, we don't want to feed feed from the devil's hand. We'll go ahead and believe what you want, but we're going to go ahead and, and feed from whoever's hand is going to feed us here. And, uh, you know, if we want to consume cannabis, we're going to consume it. So I'm, I'm, I'm basically invoking my, you know, state law rights that, you know, I, I still have a right, even though you don't want a dispensary down the street. I can go into another community, purchase from a dispensary and come back to my house and, and enjoy it out on my back patio. Or drive through another county and not worry. Yeah. I have the same type of fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be okay. As long as you're compliant in the program, that's the key thing here. Because remember, cannabis will still be illicit in Ohio. Um, you know, that's under the Schedule 1. So, But as long as you're compliant in the state program, being adult or medical, uh, you'll, be, you'll be fine. Is adult based purely off age? Like what if I behave like a child? <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that's up to the string right? right that's a conundrum that's a conundrum i just pinned both of you into a corner you don't even know what the hell i'm talking about you know who i'm not sure if i know what the hell they're talking about ohio president senator matt huffman all right i want to play a little bit of stuff for you guys uh what's it like the worst case that comes from this is i actually get acknowledged by ohio president matt uh senator matt huffman uh least case scenario is we just get to play this video and talk about it but i think it's important because this came out and I don't know if folks know the people who are help making decisions kind of where their head's at. So I want to play a little bit of this. I just have some sections. Uh, so what happens is weekly, we'll give him a plug. Do you think he plugs his show, Dustin? Do you think Senator Matt Huffman is worried about promoting? Do you think he makes clips out? Do you think he checks his subscribers? What I really need to know is do we have more listeners and subscribers than Matt Huffman to his presidential podcast? That's no, no. <laughs> uh, you're my arch nemesis now, Senator Matt Huffman. Me and you, I'm locking in. All right, <laughs> let's play. Let's play uh, some of this video here. Let's see where is that at. There it is. Uh, so he does this podcast every single week. Shout yeah. out to him. I wonder if he missed an episode to go on vacation. <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> I'm not holding standards. So he's got this guy that interviews him. He's got like a guest host that comes into here. Uh, so we're gonna start here right in the beginning. Um, this post uh, podcast of theirs. It's available on YouTube. Uh, it's available on Spotify as well. Same as your favorite cannabis podcast because cannabis. <laughs> also, right there. Google, we're right next to Matt Huffman. Uh, so this is him and his co-host. They talked a lot about issue one, issue two, and some other things. We're going to focus on the issue two stuff today. So here's kind of his opening statements uh, on issue two. Uh, let's hope this works. Oh, you changed the time frame. Oh, I see that right now. You... I had there it all queued up because it basically becomes Ohio. Oh, I don't have audio. That's good enough. Oh. I don't think I have audio. You have audio? I have audio. Yeah. All right. All right then we'll run it. <laughs> we'll run all right. it. And uh, there are some glaring issues within the actual amendment. If you didn't have a chance to read it, one thing that really stood out when I was reading it, <clears throat> excuse me, was section 21, which talks about 
the level of THC or the active ingredient that gives people the high from smoking marijuana, the industry, I like to call them the cartels, but the industry. All right, can I just pause right there? Please. Can we just pause Please. right there? Please. Can we just pause right there that this guy's starting to talk about, you know, he's starting to ask Matt Huffman this question about uh, the program. And in the middle of this, Whoever, uh, I probably should know his name, but I don't, because you don't know my name yet. You learn mine, I'll learn yours. That's how we work here on Because Cannabis. Uh, Tim, <laughs> right then, that right there alone kind of tells you what uh, their mindset is when he says this little side eye wink to his crowd, his little, I'm not going to disparage him. They call the cartels. How does that make you feel, Tim? Uh, well, the first thing I thought was actually he's interviewing the cartel. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's in, he is talking to Senator Jerry Serino, well, we, um, we just to clarify. Yeah. We yeah. could just call Matt Huffman the uh, El Chapo of politics in Ohio if we need to. <laughs> oh, snap. Um, We're getting so, name calls. So it is what it is. Uh, so that right there just shows you the, the mindset of where they're at. All right, let's uh, let him keep talking. He wrote it that the, that the amount shall be no less than 35% and then call that a cap. Actually, the language should be, if it's a cap, no more yeah. than 35. He just grammar botted you, by the way. He just basically <laughs> was like a bot and like, he just did like a fourth grade level grammar check on the bill right there with that. Say, look at that side eye. Look at him. Look at it, us. Look at you. Look at us right now. That's how I'm feeling. Uh, all right. So they got qualms with the 35% THC cap. Can you talk about why that's a big deal? Should we have qualms? Uh, for a second, Tim. So can you explain what the 35% cap is and what he's kind of talking about there? Yeah, it's very simple. They've just taken the language and twisted it is all they've done. Um, it's, you know, simple rhetoric. Um, may it be, you know, misleading to some, it, it's misleading to some, but to those that wrote it, it was clearly understood that um, the 35% on flour is a maximum, just like the medical program. And the 90% on extracts is also a maximum. The, the problem with that is, is in a medical, it's 70%. Although we did try to go to 90% in the medical with Cinebill 9, that may die at the end of this year. Um, so it, it could put way out either way. There's a possibility that could be brought down to 70% or in the medical program, they could go ahead and take it up to the 90%. So those are maximums. Um, these guys are just, you know, trying to do fear mongering tactics here. It always amazes me how the scholastic educated individuals um, especially nowadays, you know, that you look back into history of the whole thing about cannabis was all a lie. You would think that these people would stop dumbing themselves down and understand what the truth is nowadays, but it's a political game for them. Uh, you know, they still live under that fear uh, you know, stigma of cannabis as the almighty evil thing and so on. So um, hopefully they'll wake up someday and realize that like, you know, I have seen several legislators over the years whose family that were totally against it and then found out family members were using it and surviving from whatever ailments they had. And they're and now these uh, same legislators are all about cannabis. So it comes That's down like to that. Tale as old as time, right? I hate it. Oh, <laughs> it helps me and my family. I love it. All right. I want to keep going here because there's some good stuff in here. Uh, let me play for about a minute here as he talks about uh, this. percent. So there's what, 10 to 15 issues that you want the General Assembly, starting in the Senate, to really address within this amendment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you know, I've mentioned a couple people before, when people go to vote on candidates or issues, you know, they're, they're you? not you know, you get to vote yes or no, or for somebody or for the other candidate. You don't get to say, well, I'm putting 60% on this guy and 40, or, hey, I'm going to check 
of these, you know, uh, dozens of things that are in here. I'm only voting for this, this, and this. The, the issue before the voters was, are we going to legalize marijuana or not? Oh, yeah. We definitely now, didn't read anything voters, else. For example, know that um, there was going to be a preference for licenses to people who had formerly been convicted. So right now, he's going to go through this smart <laughs> list, uh, this list right now, Tim. He's going to run through a few things, including that social equity fund we talked about, uh, which – uh, well, what people didn't know and didn't read. I want to get just your opinion on that conversation. Uh, we got a comment maybe about Matt Huffman right there. Thank you. Uh, all those of you watching, we appreciate it. Uh, how do you feel about the group of folks who are going to help decide the legislation? Basically, and this enraged me. I got to tell you, it enraged me, and I don't even get that angry. How did it feel to basically, and I'll play a little bit more here in a second, have them say, you didn't know what you read. You just went, I want free weed. That's how basically what he said. He's like, you stoners wanted weed. You weren't, you didn't bother to read the rules. Uh, is that is insulting? Do, should I feel as insulted as I am right now? Uh, yeah, you should. And I hope a lot of other people that have voted for him in the past that are cannabis consumers, um, you know, uh, open up and, and decide to check the other aisle, uh, the other side of the box this time. Um, you know, Matt's uh, blissful ignorance on that comment. Again, it's just fear-mongering tactics, trying to get people. If you notice, this was put out before issue two. So he's trying to get people to vote, you know, against it. That's all he was doing. Um, you know, probably, you know, it's just, uh, you know, as I said, spreading, you know, false information and so forth. Uh, I, I would challenge him to ask, can you show me that language in there where we're going to take people that have been convicted and we're going to turn over, you know, a, a dispensary license. We're just going to give them one. We're just, you know, for, you know, a $2 million <laughs> facility or a $5 million <laughs> cultivation facility. You know, we're just going to do this because now, you know, you got expunged your record. So you get this as a gift. That's just not going to happen. That is sweet, so, by the way. It's hey, here's a dispensary license upon expunction. Yeah. That would be a going to getting out of jail free card right there. Hopping right, out. Yeah. You should be handed out. You know what? Matt Huffman, I like that rule. Let's hand out dispensaries to every single person uh, that's hopping right. out of prison uh, these days. All right, let me get him a few more minutes in. I got a few more things I need him uh, to talk about, and then we'll uh, give his time. Let him keep going here. Uh, for selling drugs illegally, probably not very many people thought of that. And if you had a vote just on that, well, it would probably be. There is no vote that says, I against. only want criminals to sell drugs. Um, but it's hard to, to go through and you know source all that, especially with the din that is created with campaigns and this side saying this, this side saying People that. tend to vote on a general feeling. Sure. Maybe sure. not. That's actually a fair point, though. If I'm going to give him credit, right. that's a fair Just point. Just like they do on candidates. I like this candidate, even though I don't like him on a particular issue. Point Generally, I like him. And, and Or they vote you know, for a whole variety of reasons. Um, so it's important for folks to go through here and look to see what changes are going to be made, which we think the public uh, generally wants. Uh, I'll, I really need to give credit to Governor DeWine. Uh, he's going to go on and uh, go on and do a little bit of DeWine uh, kind of a thing there. I want to get two seconds here. Let me get a little bit forward here and then start this section. Yeah. So what's you know what was in this? And, you know, you try to tell people, but it again gets lost in the shouting that. When a consumer pays the tax, a portion of the tax goes back to the guy who sold them the marijuana. That's how the the money makers. Okay, set hold on. I'm gonna let finish so this thought. Make more money, and uh, that's obviously ludicrous. You know. All right. So we just read what House Bill, what Issue Two said. We just read what Issue Two said, and he had two points. One of them that we're gonna hand dispensary license to every uh, petty thief on the street, and the other one that money is gonna go straight back to the uh, corporations that funded it. Both of which. We're not directly included into there. So I know it's politicking. Uh, this 
podcast. I'll put the link. We'll put the link below. You should check it out. You should be informed. He goes on for a few more minutes on issue two, but then kind of stops. Uh, so, Tim, you, you saw this podcast. You're getting the reaction. How are you feeling about what happens next? So we know where they're at. We've seen some of the bills. We are exactly one week today from December 7th. What is your guess? What are your predictions? I know that you've been talking to people, Tim. I hear from people on the streets, uh, <laughs> or you told me before we went live that you're talking to people, Tim. So I feel right now, if you haven't been paying attention, Tim has just been in some meetings. Uh, break it down, Tim. What's the latest word? What are we looking like? Uh, trending up, trending down. Um, real quick, I think Matt stepped all over himself there comparing uh, an initiative to a uh, uh, individual politician there and so forth. And you probably don't even realize he did. But anyways, uh, the good stuff is going to happen. We're gonna, we've are we got uh, adult choice legal recreational cannabis in Ohio. Um, most of the bill will stay intact. There'll be a lot of revisions in it done. The tax thing is going to be um, pretty much manipulated to the way that the legislators want it to do, generated out through the avenues they want to do it. Um, as I, we talked about before on House Bill 33 that created the medical or the uh, marijuana control board, um, that has a backdoor on it for taxes to go into the. No. Sorry, I think the stream hey, we're back. for a second. There we yeah. are. We're back. <laughs> um, okay, so kind of pick up. Um, I think uh, Matt Huffman. Hold on a second. Yeah. Is that Matt Huffman interfering right now? Yeah, trying to stop us? Could be. I can find out next week if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think we're going to see some good things. Um, speaking, you know, in some of the meetings I was in today, uh, homegirl's going to stay there. Uh, that's not a problem. Uh, there was actually some introductions of more plants per household. And there was a couple of less plants per household. And the less plants of, per household, of course, came from license holders who are afraid that everybody's going to start growing at home and nobody's going to go to the dispensary. How surprised <laughs> they'll be when this actually takes effect in Ohio, because uh, you know, everybody wants to tinker around and start now with homegrown. But once they find out the amount of time and money and everything that's actually involved in it, um, when you've got another job or a life elsewhere or something like that, it's easier, you know, under fair prices and safe products just to go down the street to the dispensary. And purchase yeah, and the object of choice, that ability to, to mix exactly. and match your, right. your medicine. So we'll, we'll say, you know, we'll see that that'll stay intact. Um, you know, we'll see our rights, um, you know, consumption, just like tobacco, wherever you can consume tobacco, you can consume cannabis. Uh, hotels have already reached out some hotels that I work with on uh, consulting and so forth. Their interest, if it's a private hotel, are they permitted? Yes, they are outside of their, uh, you know, if they have an outside area for smoking tobacco, they can go outside and smoke marijuana and so forth. Um, and they would, they prefer, I've had, you know, the hotel board of, of Ohio, you know, tell me that uh, they prefer people to be the cannabis users versus, you know, alcohol users that come and destroy their facilities and so forth. Um, so we'll see a lot of good things like that stay in place. Um, we'll have to wait for the six month and a nine month period. And those are both subject to extending those timelines. Um, I'm hoping that they'll shorten them up rather than extend them. It's not that difficult. 
uh, what we're going to be doing is issuing a dual license. You know, for all the current license holders in the medical program, they'll all get a uh, recreational license um, so that they can do, you know, adult cannabis. You know, cannabis is cannabis, right? So when you walk into a dispensary, you'll either purchase as an adult or you'll purchase as, you know, a medical patient. The, uh, the advantages there or disadvantages is as a medical patient, of course, there's going to be a certain percentage of the tax that will be waived um, that you won't have to pay for on that. And should in the future insurance ever start accepting the coverage of cannabis, uh, you might want to go back to being a patient uh, versus an adult. So um, the insurance coming on this, there's always a lot of things that can happen out of this. Um, we'll see. I don't think right off the bat that we're going to see the additional 40 dispensaries um, hitting the streets. Uh, that could take a few years. And I do believe that'll probably uh, come on a supply demand type basis. And the uh, control board at the time will decide you know, how those will be issued out. Do they do it through a lottery like they did the request for application round two, do an RFA three to hand out uh, those licenses that way. Um, and how are they gonna, you know, who qualifies? What is social equity? Who qualifies under it? Um, one of the new phrases going around, I kind of coined myself is economic disparities impact. Um, social equity tends to, um, you know, and no disrespect or anything here, but it tends to focus, you know, on a, a certain ethnicity. And, and that's really not what it means. Yeah. Um, it's to help people that, um, uh, you know, have been impacted, uh, people that are economically deprived and they, they don't have the money uh, that it takes. But and since the banks won't finance them or so forth, but to try to help them to get into the industry somehow via through employment. Um, if they come up with the finances to get into, you know, actual ownership of a facility, that would be great. This is what it's about is to create more jobs and create more business opportunities. So um, we'll see some changes in that. Uh, I believe it'll be there. I, you know, I do see some of the tax dollars you know, going to help communities, um, going for research, uh, et cetera, staying within the industry kind of um, so we'll watch and follow that where, where all of that goes. And then a lot of the uh, criminal justice reform, um, one major thing I'm pushing real hard was um, probable cause. Uh, you're out driving around in your vehicle and you know, of course you smell like cannabis. Um, but the question is in a courtroom on a stand when you're asking an officer, did you smell schedule one from federal? Did you smell schedule two from the Ohio program? A medical program? Did you smell Schedule One again from the Adult Choice program? Or, hemp? or that did sounds you like smell a terrible hemp? like Macy's like uh, perfume? Well, and, yeah. and and we don't hear this conversation brought up enough, but there is a ton of people within the state that live in apartment complexes, and I mm -hmm. haven't seen any legislation that allows them to say partake in their car in the private lot and not go into their apartment because they are not allowed in the apartment building, and there's no safety net or discussion around providing them a safe place to consume. So I've seen other states like Virginia try to enact some you know, verbiage that kind of protects that in some way. And part of that was with probable cause, You know, was with the notion of a cop coming up into the parking lot, smelling cannabis, not being able to do too much. Um, but it, what, what, should, what happens with, you know, the public that are in those situations, where is a place for them to consume? Um, well, as far as smoking, you know, on private property, if, if at a complex, the owners say, hey, it's private property, you don't have it will, um, you know, go ahead. You're compliant to do that. What the issue that we run into are complexes that are federally funded, hmm. um, subsidized. Those are the places where federal government still says no. Uh, they still consider, a, you know, a, a, a classification one. 
So um, th that is, you know, something that's hard to get over. Now, uh, you know, I know it's okay. Well, that's federal, you know, but we created a marijuana program and that's federal. We went against them there. Why don't we just go against them on everything? Well, that's how I feel about it. If we're going to go against them, let's go against them on the whole damn ball game. You know, <laughs> let's put it out there. Um, but, you know, there's landlords that don't want to lose that subsidized money. Those are big checks coming into them, whether it be a single unit or a massive unit, you know, multi-unit or something. Uh, so, you know, we have to understand and respect their rights as well. Uh, in those kind of circumstances, um, be cautious about it. You know, there's not, I wouldn't suggest go down and sit in your car and smoke. If you're going to, you know, take a walk and uh, around the complex or whatever and smoke one out in the fresh air. And, you know, somebody says something, say I'm smoking hemp, leave me alone. You know, I, That's I don't a weird about, you know, have though. the whole hemp issue, Dustin, you brought that up earlier. If I'm, if I'm like digging on some of that high quality CBG that I so love these days, right? Tim, like I enjoy that product. It's a good point though. When you have that and you have it in your uh, car and you get pulled over and it is CBG, but it smells dank, right? It smells right. like THC, looks like THC. It's like the old duck theory. It acts like it, it quacks like it, but it ain't. And so that's a really tough issue to go into uh, for that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go through that. If you're listening right now, thank you for joining us on the Because Cannabis podcast. Got about 10, 15 minutes left with Tim Johnson. If you got a comment, I know we're freezing up a little bit because we're popular. And Matt Huffman's trying to shut us down. That's what I'm putting out there. <laughs> uh, I want to put something out there right now while we have a lot of listeners, Tim. There is going to be someone in charge of the Division of Cannabis Control, the DCC, as I'm going to coin it. I am going to officially, is this like a thing where you can nominate goosebumps when and you get said vetoed? That. I, like I would like to, and I want to rename it, by the way, uh, to Overlord of Ohio Cannabis. I would like to officially <laughs> put my proverbial hat into the ring. I think I would be a kick-ass director of cannabis compliance <laughs> in the state of Ohio. Matt Huffman, Mike DeWine, uh, Tim Johnson, can I get a second from you? I would yeah, like to oversee. Second. I feel like, hold on, I feel like, Dustin... I tiptoe well between, you know, like stoner and like stereotype or like burnout in business person or like weed heads or people with their head in the weeds, right? Like I feel like I made that up on the spot. I did not. I rehearsed it earlier. I feel like I am prime uh, to take it over. That's what I think the issue is. I'm going to be honest. I feel like the people they put in charge of the program tend to, and I know they try to, but tend to not have the best interest of all parties in mind. Uh, so vote BC for DCC director. That's all I'm saying. Can you vote for that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna go the ballot, Tim. How's that work? Who gets to be put in charge of this program? Uh, well, my understanding it's going to be a kind of a conglomeration of uh, uh, Matt and uh, Dewine, and probably the director of uh, commerce will decide who the uh, overlord or the El Chapo cartel leader. I'd like to be in that room. I think they could handle yeah. me well. I think I'd be well, like, all right, Huffy, DeWine, yeah, that'll be let's do it. The person that uh, is in charge of it. And of course, um, and I had a conversation with several legislators on this today that just can't be an anti-cannabis board. You know, we got to have people from the industry that have to be on that board. We can't have all behavioral health sciences that are talking smack about it. Religious fanatics on there talking smack about it. Um, politicians, you know, want to be politicians talking smack about it. Um, we, we've got to have someone, you know, people, it's got to be, you know, at least fairly split so that there's a lot of positive input on that board and so forth to, uh, you know, move cannabis ahead in Ohio and, uh, you know, do what's meant to be done with, uh, you know, the legalization of it. Uh, we got another if, question uh, from the comments. Sorry, Dustin, I want to get, this is, I don't know if you're going to ask this. Another question from the comments there I just put on screen. 
Uh, so we're talking about the cultivators, right? We have uh, Senate Bill 57. We have the Ohio Agricultural Hemp Program uh, put into place. Governor DeWine signed it in you know, July of 2019. Uh, so we have this. Is there anything that adult use is going to affect uh, the industrial hemp growers um, on that aspect? Is it going to make it harder for them? Like, what do you think, uh, at least legally, or just opinionly. Uh, I mean, we've read some articles about the USDA talking about hemp cultivators who are also cultivating under a medical or adult use program may have the uh, ability or possibility of losing their license to grow hemp because they're participating in the program. So I'm curious. I am also curious about something like that, where are, you know, like... As they enter into the adult use market, are they going to lose some of the other freedoms that they're getting with hemp? No, I, I don't see that happening. Um, the hemp program is uh, controlled under the Department of Agriculture and uh, the cannabis, the two cannabis programs now will be controlled under the Department of Commerce. Um, the only problem that these individuals might have would be their own neglect to try to go grow hemp with uh, cannabis and uh I guess, what do they feminize themselves or, you know, whatever do to themselves and uh, fertilize each other, or whatever. And they get above the 0.3% and you try to say it's all him. Um, so I would suggest that you different grow houses, uh, keep them away from each other and so forth. But yeah, the, this new law doesn't impact them at all at this point. And um, I don't, I haven't heard if the Department of Agriculture is going to make any adjustments because of it or anything. I don't see them. I don't uh, see that happening. Um, it, it's kind of is as it is at this point. Uh, you know, uh, BC, you brought up a great thing about being in a vehicle, you know, and having uh, hemp with you. Um, just remember this. If you are in a vehicle and you get stopped and, you're, and you do have hemp, I don't care if you have cannabis. And that's like you got to join or half join or whatever. And they want to, you know, take action against you. Well, make. Ooh, this was a. Right when the killer advice was about to happen. Huffman sitting in the studio. Huffman sitting in there. He's like, pause that great <laughs> advice that Tim Johnson from Cannabis Safety First is about to give. Pause this wonderful <laughs> advice. I don't know if we're all froze, if Dustin's froze, but I feel shenanigans are afoot. They heard me okay. put it out there. We're coming back, Tim. It's this is I'm calling some Beastie Boys level sabotage going on right now. I'm looking at you. I'm making up this controversy. Thank you, Robert, for laughing at that. All right, Tim, you were about to drop some fantastic knowledge and the government stepped in and tried to X that out. But we are rebels with the cause here, Tim Johnson. Uh, so tell us what happens. What should we do? Give us a little uh, free advice. What should we do if, if we get pulled over? Non, uh, this is not legal advice, people, but it's uh, something you might read on the Internet. Go, Tim. Uh, well, there, first off, there's nothing that says other than identifying yourself in the state of Ohio of who you are that says that you have to converse with law enforcement. Um, law enforcement is then trained to, uh, you know, to speak with people and extract information from them. Don't fall into that game, uh, you know, especially if, if you know, you've got cannabis on you, if you just left your house and smell like cannabis, whatever. They're going to go for that smell unless we get, you know, that uh, redacted from the law. Uh, that statute gone as far as probable cause to, you know, on or about a person or in a vehicle or something and search your vehicle, search you and so forth. So if you do get caught with something, um, don't give them guidance. Um, now, you know, of course, if you've got a medical card uh, and, and you got product with it, you want to show them, you know, don't do it until they ask for it. You know, at this point in time, really got to do is identify yourself and show your insurance and registration for the vehicle and the registration and get off the license plate. So. You know, I, comply with them and be respectful. But at the same time, should they go ahead and take a charge or, or file charge on you when you go to court, just make sure your attorney's aware of the fact that did they take that product and get it tested in a state approved facility? And they did. They introduce it into court because if they don't now they have no evidence. 
Um, mm-hmm. It very well could be. There's going to be a lot of them could be, uh, you know, um, and I've, I had this actually one of our legislators got stopped leaving a cultivation facility and, uh, and she smelled like wheat. And so, you know, so they went through the whole thing. Like she didn't have to, once she identified herself, which she didn't do right off, she kind of played it off until they wanted to get in her car and everything. But, um, you know, that's something, you know, that law enforcement, um, and that's some language I submitted into the, you know, issue too as well, you know, and with the legislators here is for uh, updated CEU units for law enforcement, for the courts, uh, and even for medical people and so forth to educate people um, on what's out there. Because law enforcement doesn't teach about 3796 right now in the ORC for the uh, medical program. Um, so that these off, new officers and so forth, even officers on the street don't know a whole lot about it until they run into it. So it's, it's more of a common sense thing. Speak less, listen more uh, when you're in contact with law enforcement. Let them do their thing. It's- yeah, we are having some uh, frozen issues, Tim. I'm, I'm going to put this out there. I feel like this is something everyone says in their lifetime. This never happened to me before. <laughs> Never happened before, Dustin. Here we go. We're having some Tim, okay. uh, some freezing yeah, I, issues. I feel like we're in Russia. We keep freezing up. I don't know. We were perfectly yeah. fine. Uh, yeah, we were good to go. We start talking a little uh, disparaging comment about some Ohio leaders who I am in the state of Ohio. I feel like they're hacking into my ISP right now. Sorry about that, folks that are listening. We usually have a super, super quality stream. I'm not sure exactly what's going on today, but we appreciate you checking us out. Uh, in fact, we already know. Uh, I think next week, Tim, after the December 7th passing, we're going to have you on one more time. Uh, we'll probably right. have you on a lot more times. We're going to have you on again next week uh, following that date. There's kind of a second parter to this, kind of talking about the things that will come, and then we'll have some of the things that uh, pr- are going to come because as some of it's at least been crafted. A uh, couple of big questions. We're going to get going here just because we're losing, for some reason, bandwidth. Um yeah, there you go. I'm with you, Rich. Let's put it up there. We're going uh, for that right now. Uh, for that, uh, Big question on everyone's mind. And I know we don't know the exact answer, but I want you to kind of explain it. When can we buy adult use cannabis? Uh, you can buy it now. You need a phone number or what? Um, yes. I want to know what Tim Johnson's dude is like right now. That's what I need to know. Let's get real. Where's that done with all the shenanigans of law? Uh, you got a good dude? Well, right now, like that, Tim Johnson's that, got a good dude. That's one of the caveats <laughs> right now. Even come December 7th, the dispensaries won't be available. So can you technically legally buy an Ohio's adult program? No, you can't. But that's not the fault of the voter or the consumer. That's the fault of politics dragging and not getting it done in time. So that's why I had suggested the um, coverall blanket policy for possession, uh, consumption, um, and uh, cultivation uh, to protect people in that realm right off the bat. And as we did with the medical program, when the first question came up of where did the you know cultivators get their home grow, um, set with Kitty Yuko, I says, well, why not immaculate conception? So if uh, the the adult flower you happen to get on. Uh, December 7th, that, uh, that was achieved through Immaculate Conception. Um, <laughs> so, I like the idea of the protection, though, going to Michigan temporarily until a system is set up and being able to drive back home with it. Whereas now, you know, even as a medical patient, there's a many, many issues with that. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I also am curious, though, in the current medical bill, 
I thought the last time I read something about it was that it had to stay in the container in which it was purchased with my scannable prescription on it for law enforcement to be able to scan it within their car and prove that it was mine or whatever. But I've also, you know, I've wondered I'm buying an ounce and I'm separating it into smaller bags and not carrying around my big ass jar with me all the time. What are, you know, what is the current, guidelines for me to be moving around with my medicine right now uh, in ohio medical program as long as you're complying in a program and that cuts michigan out michigan does not mean you're complying in ohio's medical program um in ohio's program as long as you have it in its original container uh and its original identification on there and then your uh, id that as a patient uh you're okay to go um there, there shouldn't be a problem now, i'm not going to tell you that law enforcement won't attempt to try to get an arrest uh, that's very possible, but I will tell you that uh, in a court of law, you're going to be, you know, uh, I believe you'll be exonerated on that, dismissed. Um, the whole point of going to Michigan and coming back into Ohio, state to state, yeah, that's an uh, illegal thing, but it's more towards uh, oriented towards federal, takes a federal officer or an Ohio officer that's been sworn in by a federal officer um, on a task force or something to actually make charges on that. Now, if you go to Michigan, you buy 500 pounds and put it in your trunk and you get caught by Ohio coming back, coming back into Ohio, I'm sure they're going to contact the local federal agent and have them come out and file charges on you. You know, that can happen, but no, um, common sense. Um, and, and Dustin, you, you hit right on it. Once it's becomes, you know, uh, we start our, our personal cultivation at home. Um, where do, where do we get the packaging? Will there be packaging qualifications? Uh, most likely not. Uh, so it's going to have to fall under some kind of an umbrella of protection there of how you can identify yourself that, uh, you know, well, you're, you're going to have two and a half ounces, basically. Um, and hopefully we can Does it have that to be more. in the trunk. Does it have to be in a certain spot within the car, a locked glove box, a trunk? Is, is there verbiage that states that there, there isn't at this time, but I'm sure there will be uh, language will be promulgated for that. To say that, you know, this is where it's got to be um, within what they call a lunge area, which area that you can reach the driver or whatever in the car. It's more of a common sense thing, you know, is what it's going to be. But yeah, don't worry about it. No, law enforcement does not have in the car scanners. Uh, they don't have access to you being a medical patient. Um, that's a HIPAA violation. Um, the only way they would would be during a, a narcotic investigation where they have to go through uh, uh, the ORS uh, reporting system and, uh, you know, see what. Uh, you get legally and what you don't get legally and so forth like that. Um, then they may see something, you know, they would see it in there and so on. But no, the, um, they don't have that uh, uh, that capability of doing that. And that again, that would be violating a whole lot of laws for even them to try to do something like that. But it's just, it's going to just be more of a common sense thing uh, when you're transporting it. Um, uh, I, I'm pushing for medical patients, I believe, are allowed to have like eight and a half, nine ounces um, in their possession and so forth. So why can't an adult consumer have eight or nine ounces in their possession? Um, let's not discriminate against one or the other. So it, it kind of boils down. The, the other thing to that is as an adult, I can go to a dispensary every day and buy two and a half ounces. So if I decide to make a you know road trip someday and hit up a half a dozen dispensaries, um, I've only bought two and a half ounce from each dispensary and I'm on my way back home or whatever. You know? um, so, again, it, it comes down to playing uh, the loopholes in the law. And, um, you know, if, if, if you should get in trouble or something like that, I call that a Wednesday afternoon, just driving yeah. around, grabbing 2.5 ounces. Uh, if you just checking us out now, <laughs> thank you for checking out the because cannabis live stream that we have going on today. We have brand new episodes of the because cannabis podcast every single Wednesday, 4 20 PM on YouTube. Great guests coming up. We got a huge 
We've got a big guest coming up for episode 100 on December 20th. You cannot miss that. December 20th, we got a super, not that we don't love you, Tim. That's really sound rude now that I say that. We're like, I got Tim Johnson here. And I'm like, I got someone way cooler than Tim Johnson coming up. Uh, Tim, you're fucking awesome. But you this are guy's cool awesome. too. Uh, December 20th is our 100th episode. We were able to get awesome. a nice Hollywood celebrity coming for that. Uh, 100 episodes because Cannabis has been doing it for over a year and a half now. Please check us out. Give us a subscription. We would appreciate it. Uh, be sure to check out the beginning of the show. If you're just joining us now, we covered a lot of great information, talked about how the bills could change, talked a little bit about House Bill 341, talked a little bit about Matt Huffman and the presidential podcast and what their thoughts are, the people who are helping decide this bill. So if you're just checking it now, uh, once the live stream ends, the video will be available on YouTube. It'll also be available tomorrow on Spotify with video, as well as anywhere that you listen to your audio podcast. So hit subscription here, Follow on Spotify or wherever uh, to get that. And then make sure you get the notification button because next week we're going to have Tim back on. Next week after the December 7th deadline passes, we'll get Tim back on the show. Probably toss another live stream up there. Uh, get your feedback on where it is, Tim. Anything crazy? Like, let's go now. As we end the show, anything wacky or weird going to happen? Or do you think it's just going to be some minor tweaks? Is the cannabis community going to be uh, all up in an uproar next week? Um, I, I think the uproar would be a positive one that, hey, we've got, uh, you know, um, we don't have to worry so much about being criminalized for uh, being a cannabis consumer now. Um, there, there is going to be some tweaks in it, um, but there's also going to be some very good points in it uh, that, you know, that they won't necessarily touch and so forth. But um, the best thing that you can do right now is uh, next week, as we're talking about on the 5th and the 6th, Tuesday, Wednesday, if you can show up at the state house for the uh, house session or Senate sessions in the afternoons, um, just come in and fill up, pack in the, you know, pack up the, the gallery or the, you know, balcony where people sit and so forth um, and listen to what they have to say. We need to be there in unity to show them, um, you know, that we are a community group. After that date, well, when I come back on the 7th and I agree, let's do it on four, at 420 because I'll actually be in one of the uh, a pretty large meeting that afternoon at the state house, another session possibly. Um, and uh, <clears throat> what I say is at that time, we'll be able to, I believe what will happen is we'll have an actual committee assigned that uh, the rest of the promulgation of rules will be going through and starting say early December um, and then into, into uh, the end of January when they come back from recess that will allow the, uh, uh, people to come in and provide uh, testimonies to testify in front of that committee as to what you want to stay intact um, because uh, and what, you know, what you want the legislators to respect you as a constituent, as a voter in the state of Ohio uh, in respect to, you know, issue two and how you want it to remain and so forth. Because anything that they do between now and the seventh, they can still change it after the seventh. Um, that's why, as you said, uh, BC, that's why it's called revised. Um, good plug for Matt Huffman, or at least he got one thing right. Um, <laughs> I did steal that from him. That was his line. All right. So be yeah. sure you come back Thursday, December 7th. We're going to do another live stream at 420 PM. Myself, Dustin Kava will be here. Tim Johnson will be here, uh, on this very channel at because cannabis on YouTube, follow us socially at meet WM, uh, at because can on Facebook. We got Tim's, uh, social media links in the comments or in the YouTube description. So please give Tim a follow, check him out. 
Uh, give he's got lots of great information. He's going to be in Columbus uh, on that state house floor, and then Thursday, December seventh at four twenty p.m. We're going to follow back up with Tim. Uh, we'll have another episode before then. By the way, Jason Starr will join us on Wednesday, December sixth, and we'll follow up back to back, back to back. Dustin Kava. That's how we <laughs> roll here on the Because Cannabis Podcast. Uh, December sixth, December seventh, two shows next week. You're not going to want to miss that, uh, everyone. Thank you, Tim Johnson from Cannabis Safety you, First for joining us again on this live stream. You have been amazing with the amount of information you've been able to provide. A follow-up with Tim socially if you got questions. Uh, be here next Thursday, December 7th at 4.20 p.m. Uh, before that. Any closing thoughts, any closing words, Tim, before we go? Uh, just my pleasure. And uh, again, thanks to the people that went out and voted yes. I believe about 2.2 million people, 57% uh, percent of Ohioans went out and did it. 14% landslide margin. Again, thanks to, uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to Tom Heron and the CRMLA and to the uh, uh, license holders that put in, uh, raised the money, and even to those that spent 10 or 20 bucks to uh, get a, a yard sign to put up. So thanks to everybody for coming together as a cannabis community and letting the state of Ohio uh, legislators, you know, lawmakers know what we really wanted. So I'm excited. I appreciate you guys putting this stuff out on the air to the cannabis community and, you know, the cooperation that we get all the positive activists and advocates that are out there. Um, but things do look very good for us uh, with the talks I'm having. And I'm kind of a skeptical person in this. I want it all or nothing, but um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to take what they're going to give me. So we're going to roll with that. And they do me uh, well. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, it's been awesome talking to you, Tim. Uh, all of Tim's information will be down in the comments below in the description. Thank you for joining us here on this live stream edition. Dustin, we did it. Got another episode uh, out there for folks talking Ohio issue too. Uh, be sure to give a subscription to the YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. We're going to have all sorts of news, all sorts of information, all sorts of amazing information on issue two and more across the globe. Uh, we got a big backlog. If you guys haven't checked out our shows, Peter Grinspoon, Jorge Cervantes, um, got some great folks in the past episodes. We'd appreciate you checking that out. Uh, Dustin, you ready, man? Yeah, I also just wanted to add, there's a very good template and article on MedicaidOH.com that uh, is kind of a template for you to send to your legislator talking about some of this. So definitely check them out. Um, they're a great resource in terms of, yeah, helping you find the words. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this uh, brand new episode of Because Cannabis every single Wednesday, 4.20 p.m. Uh, on YouTube, every single Thursday on Spotify or anywhere that you listen uh, to uh, podcasts. Check us out, everyone. We'll see you next week. Two episodes, December 6th, December 7th. Uh, Dustin, see you next week, sir. <laughs> Later.